toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you for access to their sites. We do it for free. freetalklive.com. It is, uh, by the way, 420. And so, of course, inevitably we'll have to talk about that. Uh, but first to the phones and to the fun, let's go to the amplifier line. Talk to Roger in Iowa. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Roger. Hey, Ian, Julie, and Mark's on here, too? It's uh, Julia, and yes, Mark's here. Yes, yes I What's am. What's on your mind? Okay. Um, I was calling in. I was uh, listening to the podcast the other night uh, where you guys were talking about the fair tax. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, you're, you're all commenting that uh, it wasn't going to repeal the 16th Amendment. That's correct. Uh it will repeal the 16th Amendment. How's that? Uh, I've, read the, I've read the book, and I've read the, the, the law that's actually coming out. It's uh, H.R. 25. It, that's part of the bill that they will repeal the 16th Amendment. But that yeah, but, that's not how it works. Yes, but I'm sorry. sorry. A bill doesn't repeal any amendments. Amendment is a higher law than a bill, so a bill can't do anything about it. They have to call uh, a constitutional convention, and uh, they have to go through the process of actually repealing well, an well, amendment. not necessarily. I mean, you could go through the process by um, getting two-thirds of the House and two-thirds of the Senate and three-quarters of the states not to bloody all likely. ratify. No, it's, it's, not, it's never going to happen. And so just because they pass a bill that says we intend to repeal the 16th Amendment doesn't mean anything, Roger. It, it doesn't say anything about intent. That's what part of it is. They're, they're, it's part of repealing the 16th Amendment. That's what it is. Well, okay. And that's what I've read, and that's what it shows in the bill and everything. That's how well, it's as long as, as, long as it, it doesn't go to pl- into play until the 16th Amendment is, um, is, is repealed, then I'm fine exactly. with it. But it's that's exactly not the way that that's work. not the way that the guy from the fair tax organization who came on the show and debated it with us for an hour and a half yeah. explained it. And this is the guy that's like the president, you know, some important g- dude from guy. from um, the fair tax. So either a, you misread it, and you're like you, an amateur, you know, sort of looking at your looking on your own, misread it, or their spokes guy doesn't know what the f he's talking about. That's the, those are the choices. Well, Okay, well, that's what I read in the book when I read it, and that's what it reads in the bill. Well, of course they're like going to put it in. Of, of like course. The, well, it sounds like the guy you had on there didn't know what he was talking about. There. His name is Ken Hoagland, and he's the official representative media spokesperson for the Fair Tax. You can go and listen to the archive. It's on our guest All page right. at freetalklive.com. Now, look, just because they put it in there doesn't mean that it's actually going to stay in there, and it also doesn't mean that it has any sort of binding power over the Constitution. Mark's absolutely correct. I mean, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. All other laws are uh, subsidiary to it, uh, basically. I mean, they may wish very much that the 16th Amendment was repealed, but I'm not really here for wishes. I don't want to be taxed more based on what somebody's wish was. Yeah, if I were writing that book and I were Neil Bortz and whoever the other guy was. I'm getting taxed right now on welfare for people that wish they could get rid of poverty, but it's a bunch of crap because government never does what you want it to do. Right, and you don't want to actually tell the the people that are reading that fair tax book that you're not going to actually be repealing the Sixth Amendment. Tell them you're going to repeal the Sixth Amendment. It'll get get them all excited. Uh, it, you know, and then just later down the line, when you can't repeal the 16th Amendment, you just have to shrug your shoulders and say, well, we did our best. I just can't imagine well, the IRS going anywhere. They're not going to go without a fight. They don't want to go anywhere. And what about, all, what about all the businesses, the H&R Block and all those accountant businesses that make tons of money from tax season? 
Yeah, they're gonna. They're, you can bet they will. They will be lobbying against the fair tax very heavily, and they've got uh, a lot of money to I, do it. I I agree with you. I feel, and as a person trying to back it, I don't feel like they're ever going to pass it. To tell you the truth, are you going to take the just check of, just because of, just because of that fact? But you know what? It'd be a wonderful thing if they could do it. Are you going to take I the check, Roger? Could... That's what I want to know. I would agree it would be wonderful if they repeal the 16th Amendment. I just don't think they I will. I still don't think okay, it would be wonderful. And now it's Ian's question. I, I like the idea that it would repeal the IRS to that extent. Yeah, okay, great. If they actually do keep that, if they keep it in its current form, which as we pointed out, there's right. no guarantee they will. Um, but that's the only thing I like about this because what I really don't like is the welfare clause. And so I'm wondering, I, I, are you going to take the check? No, I don't like that either. That's one part I didn't like about it, and I didn't like how they explained it in the book either. What they said in the book was they had to put that in there because there's no way they'd pass this law if uh, they didn't do anything about the poor people. And I'm going, what, what, what is this all about? I'm like, why don't they just get rid of all the tax on the food products at least instead of giving people <laughs> checks? I don't like the idea of handing out checks either. Yep. And it's That's even the more only other part dis- I didn't like about it. But. It's so disturbing to me that so-called small government conservatives can rally behind a law that will put every American household on a monthly welfare payment from the federal government. Well, that's that's not, that's, not, that's not what disturbs me, and I would call myself a small government conservative, at least in a lot of respects. Um, what, you know, I, I'd be fine and dandy for your little program. Any any tax program that makes everybody happy is going to be convoluted and weird, and at the very least, it's convoluted and weird in a simple process that um, doesn't require me to put hours and hours and hours every year into saving receipts and, and documenting everything and all that other stuff. I like that part. It's the fact that anybody who supports supports it clearly has not learned the lessons of government that we have been taught for the mm-hmm. last 230 something years how could they all they they only support it based on its basic premise and that is getting rid of the IRS that makes them feel very good it makes them very excited and it allows them to gloss over all of the major flaws and sick provisions in this particular law and Roger thanks for the call we appreciate it 800 259 is Mark, play some music. My computer freaked out. All right. 800-259-9231. And, I, you know, I, I see that the, the whole welfare thing on this uh, this fair tax, I mean, the conservatives have, the small government conservatives, that they're still out there. The, the conservative movement is sort of splintered off into two directions. Uh, they're sort of the, you know, the Goldwater conservatives, the guys that are still agitating for smaller government. I do like Barry. Um, and then there are the neoconservatives, as they've been called, the ones that are ready to take over the world with military might mm-hmm. and uh, mold it into their vision of how the world should be. I, those are, I think, neoconservatives sort of um, are are a political animal mm-hmm. that has um, sort of combined enough. They they they, they, they combine enough of the uh, fiscal conservatives with the uh, religious conservatives. And they kind of combine the policies, and and then they, you know, have, take care of their rich friends. I don't think a neocon. I don't think there are such things as um, civilian neocons. No, no one's taken an oath or anything like that. But there are adherents. There are people who uh, certainly will support the neocons that are in Washington D.C. They will. Thereby, by proxy, they are neocons. But I think that those people generally are either a fall a Jerry Falwell Republican or they're a Barry Goldwater Republican. Generally. Like the Goldwater Republicans, who have pretty much 
left the um you know the left the neocons said the yuck and um and and gone their separate ways but the Falwell Republicans eh, they haven't quite um you know done that because you know of course we have a holy crusade going on in uh, the Middle East the other thing about the fair tax that that I that is a problem with me is that they're going to mandate that all of the states that currently don't collect sales tax Start collecting sales tax. What about the states, I mean, states like Florida that have a sales tax, are they going to add the state sales tax on top of the fair tax? So what's that, a 30% sales tax? Mm, Yeah, well, I mean, the fair tax people have, uh, it depends on who you ask what the fair tax will turn out to be. Nobody really knows at this point. It's just an idea, right? Right. Uh, I mean, they've run the numbers and they've had their, you know, their economists look into it. And I've seen estimates between 23 and 30 percent. So let's give let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say be 23 percent in a state like Florida with a, I think, five percent state sales tax. Then you've got local city sales taxes as well on top of that. So in Sarasota County, where we come from, it would have been seven percent total. Mm -hmm. So 23 on to seven is a nice 30 percent tax. Um, you take now, a 23... 30% tax, that's the sort of thing that people will actually try to get around. 7%, right. people aren't really going to try too hard to get around, maybe when you're buying a car or something like that. But 30%, can you imagine what that's going to do? If you're buying a $20,000 car, That's isn't that six that's grand? Huge. That's huge. Six grand? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd, I'm looking forward to the black market that would erupt as a result of that, but uh, nonetheless... It's problematic for the states that don't collect any sales tax because then you're mandating that all those businesses all of a sudden be collection agents for the feds. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231, thepacket8.net, toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free, including the updates. You get signed up, we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. So register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. As we go to the phones to Justin... In Maryland, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Justin. Justin, going once. Justin in Maryland. Do we have Justin? Justin going twice? Should be there. I hear something out there. We'll put him back on hold. Maybe he'll Justin's come back Justin's taking a nap. Let's go to Tim in Illinois instead. Hello, Tim. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian. Hey, Tim. Oh, no, this is Justin. Okay, then we've got Justin. All righty. Oh, <laughs> we do. What's on your mind? Hey. Hey, Ian, I'm actually listening to some archives right now because I can't listen to y'all live. I'm in, down in Houston. so. Um, but I, I was, I've been noticing the theme of uh, you like to talk about ostracism and uh, in, in, I guess, in Hold in on Ian just a world. second. Justin, why can't you listen? Because you're in Austin? No, I'm in Houston. It doesn't matter to me where you are. It's, we got the internets, and you can listen to the live stream if you want. Maybe he's in his car. Oh, I, I'm in the car right now. Gotcha. I just... Uh, Okay, I, that's I, what I confused my, me. Play in the car, but uh, oh yeah, no problem. So ostracism, but, uh, t- um, Justin. 
Ostracism. Yeah, you, you you seem you seem I I I've heard you mention that that in a you know in a free market society then then you would be rated kind of on your on your level of in 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 your explanations anyway that you'd be rated as as to um you know how your reputation in in society yeah like an eBay rating except better right it, how how do you how I mean where do you, where do you see I mean what what, what about hell? abuses of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Excuse me. Ask that again. I'm sorry. Mark distracted. Well, I mean, what about abuses of that? Of that? I mean, like, who's to say that somebody couldn't get on and just annihilate your uh, your rating, and then then so far as everyone else in the world, it, it's just it, that. Well, I mean, right now that, we that, have that something called. That concept seems a little reaching to me. I don't know. If, I don't think. You, I don't think that's reaching at all. In fact, it's just a few steps away from what we already have in the form of credit ratings. Um, it would just be a reputation rating instead. And and currently with credit ratings, if somebody goes in there and ruins your credit, then there is a process that you can go through to uh, to get it back. Similarly, with a reputation rating, um, you would if if someone for some reason one of these companies, which probably are reputable for the most part, would go in there and ruin your credit, you could go and appeal it to uh, to one of the other companies and show them, you know, well here's my boss and here's my uh, landlord and here's you know show them some people that will essentially vouch for you and uh, and restore your credit. Certainly, the marketplace would come up with a process just as they've done with uh, with credit reports. And who who among society would be able to rate your your reputation? I would think that uh, anyone could contact a uh, anybody who you're doing business with could contact one of these reputation rating um, providers and it, it would be like like a third party for example like like a health department but it'd be a third party where they would come in and and would would just keep track of keep track of your like better business bureau something like that well no i'm not i'm not sure that there would be an organization i mean we have there's there's a great example now i'm i by no means am with the ian on this free market um philosophy that he has that uh, includes no government but he has but i have sat here enough and listened to his insane ramblings to be able to put together um what it is that he's talking about and and it's surprisingly difficult to refute we have currently something called eBay out there that has a reputation rating. Um, I'm I have an eBay rating. I think of like 32, and and there's one guy who uh, I've dealt with amongst those 32 people who, uh, you know, just didn't like the the, the experience, and um, you know he gave me a neutral rating rather than a good one because. Right. Um, you know, but he didn't. He didn't think the purchase went the way he felt like it should. Yeah. So, uh, you know, by and large, that's 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 a pretty good percentage. It's like three percent that, of the that's people. True. Well, plus, I, I, I guess. I was going to say, in addition with the eBay the, rating, with the eBay rating, with that one guy that gave you a negative rating, mm-hmm. in many cases it wasn't the, negative. Well, okay, in, in many cases, those who will leave negative or positive or negative or neutral ratings. I would say have a higher likelihood of also having bad ratings themselves, right. and it's it's not very difficult to click on that person's name and say, okay, well let's see what this guy's rating is. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, he left Mark a bad a bad rating or a neutral rating. Let's see how he's doing on eBay, and then you're gonna read some of his ratings to see how reputable he is. And again, there are systems that could be constructed that would um, would help everybody out and make sure it's as equitable and as fair as possible. And as far as the third parties are concerned, the arbitrators could be um, you know, some of the most um, reputable people that would be able to edit these, uh, these, these ratings. Essentially, if you were arbitrated with, like you didn't pay your rent or something like that, your landlord took you to arbitration over it, the arbitrator said, yep, according to the evidence, you haven't paid your rent. And uh, right. then, then they'd put a black mark against your reputation rating. I'm sorry, go okay. ahead. No, no. It's, well, it's it, it, it's uh, 
Ian, you always you always boggle my mind a little bit because you do you, you get out there to the uh, to the extreme. I mean, I, I consider myself absolute minimal. I mean, you know, any legislation is bad legislation, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But but um, it, it, it's it's when it gets down to the to the nitty gritty of uh, of in the in the Omega Man society in, in the in the uh, I guess the uh, you know the ideal. It, it, it there, there's still certain aspects that uh, that that are well. Let me say. I mean, let me say this. It's not. I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, I used to be a constitutional minarchist uh, back in the day, and I've just sort of yeah. slowly. Moved I knew along. him when he was sane. Yeah, I, I remember when Mark. I, remember <laughs> I don't believe when, that. I remember when Mark was really concerned over me taking, uh, you know, free market positions on the show. He was really worried about what that would do to the program. I absolutely was. I mean, can you imagine somebody getting on the radio? I mean, the radio that everybody listens to, and really talking about anarchy. I mean, who's going to listen to that? <laughs> well, anarchy's I mean, such a bad word. It's yeah. a terrible word, but that's how I was feeling at the time. Justin, great call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred. Hey, long time listener, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So again, this whole thing is a is a process. The road to liberty. The road to understanding how man could get along with man without having the coercive force known as government involved in their lives. We've all sort of taken this, uh, we've all lived with this presumption for all of our lives that government must do certain things. And what if it weren't true? What if you were lied to by the government schools that you likely went to? What if you were um, told half-truths by your parents because they didn't know better? What if you could live without government? And... So to help assist the process along here, again, you know, this was a learning experience for me. I I still continue to learn, still continue to understand. And the reason why it's so important to understand um, what Justin is trying to to wrap his mind around there, the the vision for what society could be like without a government, um, is because people do need those answers. What I really like about um, free marketeerism, as you like to call it, is that... M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. What I really like about it is the fact that if you had a choice, some people... I'm a free marketeer. I'm a free marketeer. She's talked one time in this segment, Mark. Could you just let her get it out? I'm sorry. It's just so silly. The (laughs) idea that people would be able to choose to have a government. So people could live in in a small area and choose to have their own government, and then other people could choose to live in an area where they didn't want any government yeah, as long as 100% of them chose the government, then it wouldn't be a government. Then it would be a private business providing services. 800-259-9231. Talk a little bit more about... uh, understanding why it's so important to have a vision so people can wrap their minds around it. On the way, Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Totally free for you at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. 
SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. And our number is 800-259-9231. Still to come, a little bit of 420 coverage. That's on the way. Uh, But just real quick, I wanted to point out that we just got off the phone with uh, Justin, and he was concerned for, one. I guess, one of the aspects of the vision that uh, that I happen to have for the free market culture, the free market system that that we would have in the absence, uh, if we are able to finally get rid of government entirely. And it's important to ask those questions. It's important to have those answers uh, because people need to understand. They need to have some sort of a a low level comprehension of what life could be like without the existence of the government. And to that end, I have uh, contacted the good people over at Laissez-Faire Books. And Laissez-Faire Books hey, is... I contacted the good people at Laissez-Faire Books. Okay, well, I made the contact on this particular issue, uh, which is... Uh, and I got her to call you back. Okay. <laughs> Actually, she I think she had called back, didn't she? And I don't... Mm-mm. Huh. She didn't know what the hell I, I was talking about when I first <laughs> started talking to her about it. I, I t- talked to her as though, uh, um, you know, you had contacted her and, and she had no idea what I was talking about. So I see. I warmed her up for you. Well, anyway, um, so I contacted uh, the good people over at Laissez-Faire Books because they hold the copyright on The Market for Liberty, mm-hmm. which is a book that I've uh, spoken about on the air. It's it's a great book from the 1970s written by Morris and Lan- uh, Linda Tannehill. And uh, it's it's essentially the outline of a free market society. It really goes into depth, and it makes uh, a lot of sense, more so than I can make sense on the issue right now. I mean, I'm I'm decent, I think. I'm okay at explaining the concepts. These guys are, are awesome at it. It's in-depth, and I know you really like the book. I, uh, I, I, as you were finishing it, um, we were on a trip together, so you were telling me about all the great parts about right. it. And the, it sounded good. The you, thing I like the most about it is it's not scholarly. These are the uh, the Tannehills are people that absorbed all the scholarly writings by people like Rothbard and Mises and those guys, all the educated types. They absorbed all those writings and then they boiled them down into their vision for how the free market society could function. And of course, they start out in chapter one by pointing out that you know we can't predict everything the market's going to do. This just serves as a vision for how it could work. Like the the low level basics of how the market uh, the free market society would function. So I contacted Laissez Faire Books and I told them that you know this is a book that honestly not a lot of people are going to order these days. It wasn't a bestseller back then. It's not a bestseller today. It's just one of those old liberty books, right? So I figured uh, I could maybe breathe a little bit of new life into the market for liberty by turning it into an audio book. And so that's what I'm actually going to do. So. so and it translates well to audio bookdom because it's in more of a uh, a simple format than uh, you know something that's uh, it's the significantly more scholarly by it's an Murray every man's Rothbard, book. yeah, something like that. And I I think it'll, I think it's going to go well. So how are you going to go about uh, releasing it to people? How can I get my hands on this book? I've only uh, so far I've only done chapter one. Okay. <laughs> so it may take me a while because I've got a lot going on and it's sort of just. Like maybe going to do a chapter a week or something like that, and then after well, I'm I mean, done the chapter with it, is going to take how long to listen to? I don't know. It, it depends on how long the chapter is. This was like uh, a four-page chapter, and it turned out to be eight minutes. Okay. So how many chapters in the book? I haven't looked. 
It's a good Give me question. an approximation. I don't know. I uh, can't. Like 30? I, I, they're different lengths. I don't know. Anyway, so, but, I'm going to crank this book out, and then once it's done, I think what I'll do is I'll release it on a, either a daily basis or something like that no, via put, the podcast. Put it out. As, put it out um, put a, start a new RSS feed that people can uh, subscribe to that, that want to get it, and I, I think you should promo it for a period of time so that, every, so that you can get up your subscribership, and then release it on a weekly basis. Paperbacks, um, Terry Goodkind doesn't release his books one after the other after the other they make you make them wait for it a little bit i think that that's a good way to do it yeah, that way people have something on sunday hey now that's a pretty good idea Mark. i'm chuck full of good ideas <laughs> you so, leave the marketing to me there mr free marketeer anyway we're gonna give it away laissez-faire book said it's all right for uh, for us to do that so we're just gonna give it away and we'll give it to them too so they can sell it on their website but Anybody who's a listener to Free Talk Live will be able to get this yeah, we're entire not gonna, book. Not going to advertise that we are giving it away for free. That way, they can do whatever they want with it. Yeah. Um, and you know, well, it's going to be on our website, and it's going to be free. But we're not going to advertise it. We're, we're not going to go out. I'll put a link there so someone can go and and, and buy a copy of it. Uh, but I'm not making money on mm-hmm. this. They're not paying me to do all this work. And let me tell you, it's some work. Sure, it is. Um, to actually read a book and make sure you get all your diction correct and go back and fix all the errors and take out the blank spaces. And so hopefully, I don't know when to even expect to be done with this, but when it's done, it'll be permanently online for, for all to download. And I think it'll be uh, fantastic because it's, it's an excellent book that I think a lot of people need to read. I am to doing read. the same with uh, Henry David Thoreau's essay on civil disobedience. You? Yes. Wow. But you're not a fan of civil disobedience. I'm just reading the damn essay, okay? You're reading it into a microphone, and mm-hmm. uh, really? Yep. I didn't know that. I, Were you won't. going to be doing it here in my studio? Because uh, I hadn't been informed. Most of, this. of the time, you're asleep anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. So anyway, there's uh, so be be on the lookout soon. Sometime by the end of this year, I think I can have it done by the end of the year. Maybe by the end of the summer, if we're lucky, for a free book, The Market for Liberty. From Free Talk Live and Lazy Fair Books. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. Apparently, there's another Justin, Justin in Maryland, on the line. You're on Free Talk Live. Justin in Maryland? Yeah. Hey, what's on your mind? A lot of people are getting out of the country. Do you think I should, too? Why would you? Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid. You? Are you in the run scary times with the Bush air, They're certainly the rollback scary. of civil liberties. Where do you want to go? I think I might want to go to Europe. Do you have any advice for me? Can I what? Any advice? Uh, Get a plane ticket? Passport? Get a plane ticket? Yeah. Why do you want to go to Europe? I don't think that it's going to solve any problems to go to Europe. I mean, uh, there's there's just as many civil liberties compromised over there as they are here. Great Britain's worse off than we are. Um, I think. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to go there. I know that. I think you'd probably be better off um, moving to the free state and fighting for liberty rather than uh, running away. Yeah, I used to have this mentality, actually, and my plans were to go to Canada. Yeah. Justin? So are you wanna, do you want to fight, or do you want to just run away? I don't know. It's, they're building concentration camps. Well, <laughs> I've heard those allegations. I don't know if it's actually true, although there are, certainly, there are certainly plenty of people that would like them to build concentration camps and throw in Muslims and Mexicans and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know if they've actually done it. I've seen the pictures you're talking about, and uh, they're of a of an Amtrak station. They're an Amtrak repair. They look center. eerily similar to Holocaust photos. <laughs> What's that? They look eerily similar to Holocaust photos. Yeah. No, they don't look. I mean, Holocaust. The the concentration camps in the Holocaust were 
built in the, the late 30s and early 40s. I mean, these are those are old buildings. They, the I know, but and, they look like the modern version. The, right, the modern version. They look like any high school or um, prison. Well, I mean, we fence. have a lot of concentration cramp, camps in the United States. We call them prisons. We have more people incarcerated here than any other nation on Earth. I, you know, it's just a it's sort of terminology. What is a concentration camp versus what is a prison? Thanks for the call, Justin. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I've seen these, uh, these pictures. I've seen them, too. There's one of them in Indiana. There was a video. There was a video clip of uh, some paranoid crackpot who uh, she narrated the clip, and she was talking about, "Look, there's a black helicopter up in the sky," and you know she's <laughs> zooming in on uh, the barbed wire around the outside of the facility. And look, America's had concentration camps before. Uh, we threw Japanese people into them in the uh, in the 1940s, so it's not unheard of. It's something that could happen again. But she was filming footage of an Amtrak repair center on like a weekend when no one was there. It's great. And so, yeah, it's like an industrial, kind of spooky, scary-looking place because it's an industry place out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it's they not make, a concentration They fix choo-choos. No big deal. Yeah. 800-259-9231. You take control. Tim, your calls as well about anything. This is Free Talk Live. That look great in sandals. This is Free Talk Live. Call toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. And get interactive at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 on that toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on this site are completely free. We give them away. That does include the bulletin board system. There are over 200,000 posts for you to surf around through. Lots of fun to be had, and it's all totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. There are 40 categories of products. Everything from uh, their huge books selection to DVDs, office products, uh, furniture, accessories, groceries. I mean, I could go on. There's so much stuff. You can buy it, and uh, when it gets to your door, you'll feel good because a percentage of your purchase has gone to Free Talk Live, and you never even had to leave your computer to get all the stuff you need in life. Amazon.freetalklive.com, great way to support the show and get what you want. Let's go to the phones and talk to Tim in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tim. Hey. Hi, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? I come to talk about uh, immigration, but at first I had a comment about uh, Ian reading uh, Market to Liberty. Yes. Uh, I had an idea. I don't get working. You already do. I know you're killing yourself. But um, I think it would be kind of cool if you did kind of a companion piece to it in which you talked about where the I. Oof. It's getting bad. We're going to have to put you on hold, Tim. We'll try maybe maybe have Tim call back so we can actually maybe get him on a better cell or something like that, because I really want to know what he had to say. 800-259-9231. So it is 420, the 20th of April. And as usual on 420, uh, we talk about it, talk about what 420 is for those of you out there that don't know. Although I would think that many among our audience are probably well in the know on the 420 issue. <laughs> Largely aware, I would think. In fact, I would guess there are a large percentage of them that have probably partaken at I this would, point. I would think that it's we're beyond the 420 thing. What do you mean? I, I, was, I would think that those that are uh, the, the cool hip ones 
don't consider 420 to be cool or hip anymore. Like, they're trying to distance themselves with that terminology. <laughs> really? I don't know. When I was a when I was a young person, I certainly celebrated more than I did when I got older. But I mean, when you know some guy like me, thirty six years old, comes in to work there, you know, and has gray hair and says, "Hey, happy holidays." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, at that point, yeah, that's when you know whatever it is that you're doing not cool anymore. Do you think it's jumped the shark? Is that what that's what I'm saying? It's jumped the shark, just like Fonzie and the co- motorcycle on well, Happy Days. No, I don't think a 35 year old didn't say Happy Holidays to me today. So I mean, I don't think it's a young person's thing. It's uh, it's a pot thing. Well, uh, and there are pot smokers of all ages, and so I don't think it necessarily has to do with uh, a certain age group at all. In fact, the uh, we'll go into the history of 420 here in, a, in probably an hour number two, um, as far as the entomology of the term, where it came from. There are a lot of conflicting claims over the origins of 420. We'll get into that. But if it was created back when it's suggested that it was created, which is in the 1970s, and has now blown up as popular as it is today, I don't think you can make the argument that it's, it's got staying power. Yeah, I don't it's like I, Cheerios. It, I mean, people there there are 420 bumper stickers. Uh, there are 420 celebrations. And people use it in their name on MySpace stuff. It is all over the place, <laughs> and and I see your point, Mark, and it and it does make sense. It is blown up pretty big at this point, uh, but nonetheless, it is essentially, in case you don't know, 420 is the pot smokers' holiday, right? Well, even if you don't advertise it, like sort of uh, for, sort of. Pot nomenclature. See, now, by the way, Julia has uh, sort of been sort of getting into her role on this show. She's new to the whole radio thing. Mark, you've got years of experience. And one of her issues on the air, and one of the reasons why she doesn't participate as much as she might like to, is because she's worried about interrupting. So what she really needs to do is take a cue from you, in that you have no compunctions with interrupting um, people on the air. So... (laughs) I walk right over him. Just Look, somebody right gotta, in, right on top of him. Somebody's got to jump be, in, be there. <laughs> oh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, so not everybody says happy holidays. I'm sure there are plenty of 35, 40, 50, 60 year olds and, and older smoking pot today in celebration more than they normally would in celebration of 420. Well, I don't know. I, I, now that's a good question. As the pot smoker gets older. Do they become less and less likely to know what 420 is? I mean, because there are probably some 60-year-old pot smokers out there that don't have any idea that it's 420. They're just smoking pot anyway, because that's what they do. True, but I, I mean... I think what if you... you're saying is, is true, Julia. Absolutely. There are people that are going to smoke today because it's 420 right. that wouldn't smoke other days. I mean, I have smoked on 420s just because they were... I will not be smoking this 420 <laughs> if I wish to remain married. But um, I have smoked on 420s just because it was that day. In fact, um, I've actually given up on smoking, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, well, given it yeah. Up. Congratulations. Actually, right. me as well. Yeah, I vaporize. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better for your lungs. It, you know what? It really is, and, uh, and it's effective. And the, um, I, when, <laughs> essentially, you don't even have, uh, from what I understand, you don't even get the red eye. You don't get the, uh, the smoky smell. I mean, it's really, it's got all, all no, the No, it has a really nice, clean smell to it. It's yeah. different than smoking, and you don't get that feeling in your lungs, the yeah. feeling after you're done. It's very so nice. Anyway, 420, uh, we'll continue discussing uh, the issue and uh, gives you, give you the entomology. But there's actually a little bit of good news that we should report uh, from, I guess, well, you've got good news, I've got bad news. Mine is about Ed Rosenthal. Next hour, we'll talk about Mark Emery. So we'll talk some about some of the uh, sort of purveyors of uh, the 
420 movement or the marijuana movement out there, some of the uh, the top marijuana activists and what's going on, just sort of update their cases for you. As you know, most recently we've had Ed Rosenthal on the show. He is a marijuana activist out in California, a well-known um, author, has written several books about growing marijuana. Federal prosecutors, according to the Drug War Chronicle and the Ed Rosenthal medical marijuana cultivation case, announced last Friday that they will retry the guru of ganja, even though they cannot send him to prison, and even though the presiding judge urged them to drop the case and admonished them for vindictively prosecuting him. U.S. District Court Charles Breyer, ju- uh, the judge, who has overseen the case from the beginning, demanded that prosecutors tell him who in the Justice Department had authorized this new prosecution. Rosenthal was convicted in federal court in San Francisco in 2003 on marijuana cultivation charges after Breyer ruled that he couldn't present evidence showing that he was cultivating medical marijuana legally under California law. As you may recall, he came on and, uh, and explained all this. Right, they wouldn't let him show the evidence. So as a result of that, when jury members heard the rest of the story after they had convicted him, because again, they, he wasn't allowed to defend himself, they held a news conference to denounce their own verdict. In the wake of the juror rebellion, Judge Breyer sentenced Rosenthal to one day in jail, which he'd already served. While his original conviction was overturned because of juror misconduct, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the one-day sentence, which prosecutors had appealed. But that same ruling affirmed the federal government's right to prosecute medical marijuana violators, and the prosecutors, led by U.S. Attorney Scott Schools, apparently irked by Rosenthal's high-profile criticisms of them, decided to retry him on the cultivation charges and throw in four counts of money laundering, as well as five counts of filing a false income tax return as well. Judge Breyer threw out the new charges last month, saying they were solely to punish Rosenthal for winning his appeal. Rosenthal told reporters, quote, this isn't a criminal case, it is a political case. As he arrived at the courthouse dressed in a blue wizard's robe with a golden marijuana leaf emblazoned over the breast. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, could you read that last? That's awesome. He arrived at the courthouse dressed in a blue wizard's robe with a golden marijuana leaf emblazoned over the breast. (laughs) Oh, my God. So he says, I may as well get my money's worth and have a trial. So it looks like Ed's going to be fighting it out in federal court yet again. We'll give you the latest on uh, our friend Loretta Nall in Alabama, Mark Emery as well. But uh, let's talk to Chuck in Nevada. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Julia and Mark. Hey, Chuck. Good afternoon. What's on your Uh, mind? I wanted to talk. Well, first of all, I love the vaporizer. Yeah, <laughs> but, good stuff. Um, I, what's that? It's good it's stuff. Good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want to talk about. Um, last night, I was watching the news, and all of a sudden, dun, 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 breaking news happened. Yeah. It turns out they shut down the University of Nevada College because um, there's a guy in town who said that he thought the Virginia Tech shooter was a hero. So they, they shut down the college. They shut did down he, the college because one guy said that the uh, the the shooter was a where, hero. Where did he say this? Hmm. Um, I think he was like a member of the college or something. But uh, what happened? Um, I guess he's got a warrant out, a bench warrant, because he got arrested for having a concealed weapon. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, he he made these comments to somebody, and all of a sudden his pictures up everywhere. They shut down wow. the college, and they just they wanted to take him in just for what he said. That's that's kind of sick. I mean, you know, even though he may be a little twisted, I don't think saying something about the Virginia shooter is justification to be arrested. 
I understand everybody's... Yeah, people are really sensitive about it today. Yeah, well, there's apparently they're they're whittling away at the First Amendment very, very slowly. I mean, are they going to go after everybody who's got a blog or a MySpace or something like that that's posted something positive about the Virginia Tech shootings? Because I'm sure one guy in Nevada isn't the only one. I bet you if you were to look around... Yeah, as it is. And Chuck, thanks for the call. I bet you if you were to look around on the Internet, you'll find several more people that are, yeah, go Virginia Tech shooter. Are they all going to be arrested? This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com as we launch into hour number two. Once again, that's uh, freetalklive.com. You'll find that all the features there are completely free, unlike those other radio talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their websites. Once again, we do it for free. Uh, let's go to the phones. You know what? I don't know if uh, Tim is still on the line. If Tim is on the line in Illinois, let's try bringing him back. Nope. He's gone. Let's go to Brian in Colorado on the Amplifier line. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Brian. Hello, everybody. Hey, what's on your mind? We haven't talked about bees for a while. Ah, yes. The, amer- uh, the amazing, mysterious, vanishing bees. I've heard something about cell phones uh, allegedly killing off the bees. What's the latest? Well, that's the latest. Uh, we keep bees here, and uh, we create Marvelous, marvelous tasting honey. It's just amazing. I bet. My, my wife Heidi's been keeping bees for, I don't know, 20 or 25 years. Uh, she got started a couple of years ago and it kind of ended up in the emergency room. Whoa. You know, when, now, when I, whenever I go any place and I see along the side of the road somebody who sells honey, that's the only way to get it. Folks, don't buy honey at the store if you have some place that you can stop off on the side of the road. The 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 that much better. Huh? It, it is that much better. The taste is just so much better. Do and they put preservatives in uh, the bottled honey. I don't. I don't. I don't think no. you need to preserve honey. Here's here's the deal. Here's the deal with the honey you buy. FDA law says that honey is what the government says it is. Uh. Now I'm getting on and off topic here, but the government says that honey is honey. Now normally when you buy a bag of of cereal or you know potato chips you got to list all that crap that's in that you know every ingredient i see but, but honey is what they say it is and so uh, when you buy honey you're probably buying something that is maybe 10 or 15 percent that comes out of a bee and the rest is is uh, sugar is uh, corn, corn syrup Oh, oh my goodness! I would have never they, guessed that. Can, you know, I can totally they, tell the difference. There's a, just a lot more depth and texture to real honey. Um, it's a it's a pain to get out of the bottles. I I, I like the little bear squeeze it thing. Love for, the honey bears. Those but, are very but convenient. It, it, but it, it the stuff just doesn't taste anywhere near as good. Plus, it doesn't have the local. The, the bees use a local pollen and, and he, it helps your allergies. So there you go, Mark. You're the one who's always advocating for food labeling by the FDA. You're that's one of the your favorite government programs. And here's one of the inadequacies of it. I'm not saying. Laid bare for you. Look, they're going to do the same thing, either whether they label it as honey or not. Well, so, no, they, they label it as 100% pure honey. You go to the store, and it says 100% pure honey, and it's not. It's a lie. Right. You look on the ingredient label for what's in this thing, and it says 100% pure honey, but it's not, because they say that honey can be you know, 90% of a few, uh, fruit sugar, right. and not honey at all. So says and the so government. Just, you know, t- 
take a tablespoon out of your out of your you know sugar pot. Without anything, now if it weren't for the government um, with their with their I guess parameters on honey there that that allows these honey manufacturers to to make essentially false claims with the government's approval. Um, if it weren't for that, then maybe there would be some sort of honeybee association that could certify certain uh, certain honeys in that okay, this is certified 100% real honey, and then you can you know you could look into those certifications if you wanted to. If we didn't have the FDA around, we could still okay, have labeling. Underwriters Laboratory of Honeybee, hundred Honeywriters Laboratory. There you, there you go. So what about the bees? What uh, what's the what's the latest on them? Well. The- Whenever there's a mystery, you know, I'm thinking about Virginia Tech. Whenever there's a mystery, you know, why'd this guy do it? Every single action group comes up with a way to make, to solve this mystery with their own particular, uh, you know, bent. And I think that's what's happening with, with the, the bees. It's called CCD, Colony Collapse Disorder. It's even got an acronym. Mm. Colony Collapse Disorder. And, uh, uh, there are people who don't like genetically modified foods, and so they're blaming the corn syrup that the beekeepers feed the bees from corn made from GM crops. Uh, okay. The people, are, the people who are worried about cell phones, you know, the Luddites who like to have a cord hooked to their phone, mm-hmm. they're, they're saying, oh, well, the bees are disappearing, obviously, because, you know, people are using cell phones, and besides it causes cancer. And there's other ones, too. There's groups that are uh, talking about pesticides. Pesticides are killing the bees. So whenever you have a mystery like this, every action group from all over the world comes out and says, oh, well, you know, we've been telling uh, you all along. Do you think, do, do you think Al Sharpton's going to come out? Do you think that Al Sharpton's going to come out and blame the disappearance of bees on uh, white people? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. We took Don Imus off the air, and all of a sudden the bees are coming back. They're coming back. Well, well we see. We, we lost two hives. We just have three hives up on the roof of our barn. Mm-hmm. They're up there because uh, a bear got, the, uh, got them uh, a few years ago. So Ooh, we moved up wow. on the roof. And, and so uh, uh, now they're up there. And, you know, we, it was our fault because we, we had a, a really strong hive, and we, we split it. And we had two really strong hives. Mm-hmm. And then... We took one that really wasn't strong enough and split it again, and we had a really early and cold winter, and they really didn't have enough food up there. I'm a bit of a bee. We no- I'm a bit of a bee novice. Uh, what do you? How do you split a hive? When you split a hive, do they make another queen or something? How does that work? Well, they're, they're, they're all female, pretty much. The males in the beehive are just uh, good for keeping the uh, keeping the queen warm during the winter. The, the queen has to stay at 90 degrees, even if it's minus 10 degrees. She has to stay at 90 degrees all winter long. And wow. so basically the, the males just kind of, you know, circle and die off as it gets too cold. And they're also they, they, they're used for mating with other hives. But, um, I mean, those are just a billion things about bees. They're just an amazing creature. So wait, but, when, you split, when you split it off, then uh, one of the, the females turns into a queen? Is that what happens? Yeah, exactly. What happens is the, the colony figures out, I mean, it's all through chemicals. The colony figures out that the queen is getting weak. She's not laying enough or, you know, she's getting kind of old or whatever. And so the younger nose bees will actually cr- start to create this, this thing called a queen cell, and they'll, they'll, they'll make it a little bit bigger. They'll, put, they'll have the queen come in there and say, oh, yeah, this is just a regular cell. She'll put her seed in there, and then they'll get to work. They'll, they'll feed it this thing called royal jelly, mm-hmm. which turns wow. a normal uh, bee into a queen. And then they'll, kinda, you know, they'll do this maybe 10 or 15 uh, uh, queens. And then one of those well, they'll all hatch, and they'll all fight each other, and the strongest one will survive. Wow. And then she'll go on I'd say that's how we elect our, that we should elect our politicians in the same <laughs> manner. 
<laughs> Feed them royal jelly and let them fight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but the next one is fun, because then she gets to go on a mating flight. Right. And this is where the males come in. She goes up to like 30,000 feet, just huge, way up in the air, and mates with as many males as she can find, sometimes hundreds yeah, baby. of thousands of them. Yeah. Uh, do bees so, have uh, sex? Oh, yeah, in, in flight, man, Fly United. That's so, amazing. Uh, is that what they're oh, doing when they're like two bees are together and sort of? Have you seen two bees together? I've seen two bees together. Uh, yeah. You may have seen two wasps together. I, you Maybe know, unless you're unless you're on an airplane, uh, no, you're not gonna you're not really gonna see that because it's. It could have been wasps. Yellow. I'm not a bee expert, but I'm pretty sure that I've seen some sort of yellow and black striped bee looking thing. They fly way. How how high up do they fly? Oh, they fly. 10,000, 20,000, wow. 30,000 feet. I mean, it, it's just amazing. That is tremendous. I did not <laughs> learn any of this in school. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, do you eat the royal jelly yourself, too? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, that's the best stuff in the world. Uh, it, really? I, I don't know why I, I eat it, but I do. Wait, um, where do you get it from? You buy Wait, royal uh, jelly from uh, bee uh, people. Uh, really? Yeah. Where? How? Do you know bee people up here? I, I haven't gotten any since I've been up here, and it's... Uh, I haven't really it, tried that hard, but yes, there's all kinds of bee products. Oh, wait, how does get. it compare to honey? Completely different? It, it's it's a little like tangier. Hmm. Huh. It's it, more opaque too. Very you interesting. Know, there's not just there's not just honey and and uh, and uh, royal jelly. There's also pollen. I mean, these these guys are just expert at growing pollen, and you you use that, and that'll that'll cure everything that ails you. The thing about bees, especially locally grown, uh, like Mark said, locally grown honey. Well, fix your allergies because it's got all the pollen that when it gets into your lungs, it creates all kinds of problems. But when it gets into your bloodstream, it actually helps you create antibodies and antigens that will, that will fix you. Wow. And, and it will get rid of your, your hay fever, basically. But only if it's local. You know, pure honey from locally grown bees. Bees that are in the same area as you, you know, sniffing the same flowers as you. Way cool. Now, is that true with the royal jelly, too? Does it have to be local product? That's a good question. Well, why not? Support your local, you support your neighbors. Yeah, so, but find a damn bee hive for me then. How much, uh, okay. how much, what, what percentage? I mean, you've got, hey. you obviously get a lot of honey, but how much royal jelly do you get to honey? Our roommate was talking about having a beehive in our backyard. That'd do you remember? Great. Yeah, and you <laughs> shot him down. What, are you scared of bees? I'm not, not scared of bees. You. Brian, quick uh, final question. What percentage, um, what percentage jelly to, to honey are, is there? It, it, it's not you can't really measure that because you extract the honey using one machine you extract the jelly we really awesome. don't do jelly we thank do you brian more on the way i've never known so much this is free talk live you can bring in whatever you want toll free at 800-259-9231 that's the packet 8.net toll free line and it's ian here with you and julia and mark 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com all the features completely free shrine of female listeners included the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo uh, in order to prove they listen to the show see what i mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com and april is Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 1-800-657-5066. We're going back to Tim in Illinois. We tried him earlier uh, last hour, and his cell phone sort of crapped out, so we're giving him another shot. Tim, you're back on Free Talk Live. 
Yeah, sorry about that, guys. I go through a stretch of country, and it's harsh on the phone. It happens. Nobody what? wants to hear your excuses, what Tim. Go was, on. Uh, what was on your mind? <laughs> well, uh, you were talking about the Market for Liberty, uh, the book uh, that you're going to be uh, reading. That's correct. And uh, I, I had an idea. I don't want to make you work much more harder than you already do, but uh, I thought it would be kind of a cool idea if you did uh, maybe a small companion piece to it in which you kind of explained it a little more, but only relating to current day topics. Yeah, I was thinking because about I was, was thinking about like recording a forward cuz they they have some forwards that were written back in the 70s and you know, mm-hmm. I sort of want to comment on how okay, this book was written in the 70s, but and you know, you should keep that in mind when listening to it or reading it, but also take note of how well um I mean, how well it's held up over the years. The right. the, the book and its concepts really are uh, way ahead of their time. And you'd be shocked mm-hmm. at uh, at some of the predictions that these guys made back in the 70s that essentially have uh, have come to fruition. Right. And I also uh, I also called to talk about uh, immigration. Okay, sure. Um, okay, do you guys think that it's very principled to use the term illegal alien or illegal immigrant? I don't believe that there is, should, should be such a thing as an illegal versus a legal one. There well, should be no laws in regards to I don't to know that the use exactly. of the term is principled or not. I, I just don't think that there should be, um, you know, a law keeping people out. Why do you ask? Now, I realize that um, it's, it's necessary to use those terms in order to explain the type of people that you're talking about when mm-hmm. you bring up this issue of illegal immigrants or illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. But I think as principled libertarians or anarcho-capitalists, that instead of using that term, we should just refer to them as immigrants. Because that's all they are. That's all we were, that's or correct. not we, but our ancestors. So it would just make sense, in a, you know, as a principled stance, to cut out the illegal part of those terms. Well, I know that I, I know that some people are calling them undocumented immigrants or <laughs> undocumented workers, right. which um, you know it, it's certainly a softer sound. But you know, yeah, when, you, when you say illegal alien, you're also pointing out you're, you're pointing to the alien and saying they're breaking the law. But you're also pointing out there's a crappy law. That's yeah, true. I don't know. You have to it's, be pretty explicit, though. You would have to be only if you're. Um, but I mean, I- every time I talk about illegal aliens, I you know I go to bat for the aliens. I say that um, you know things that this is the way things should be. We should be a free country with free people allowed to move freely across borders. And I don't even like the term alien. Okay. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like a little uh, harsh. You know, little little men with the the big eyes. You know, the gray heads Green? and the big eyes. Yeah. Uh, Right. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they're they're people. They're people moving from one place to another. I think immigrants say uh, the most accurate term, and to to use the term illegal is to sort of give the government, I don't know, a, a little bit too much credit because that's a term that the government has slapped on them because they've created this fiction. Like, it's people like Lou who dehumanize these people all the time. The guy Lou you had on a, yes. I don't remember, maybe could it was last Lou. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> And then, no, no, did you hear him thank? Did you hear him thank us for the airtime at the end of it? Like he was, yeah. he was being gracious at the end. You know, be doing the Italian dictator thing at the day. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, what a jerk! <laughs> yeah, you're right. They do try to make them uh, sound like they're all the same, um, which is why whenever you hear one of these uh, conservative so-called talk show hosts railing against immigration or illegal immigration, whatever you want to call it, they always bring out, they trot out these examples of, oh, well, last week there was an illegal 
Bill, who was driving drunk, and he got in a car accident, and uh, and there was another many, illegal that murdered somebody, as though how all many legal immigrants. Americans do this. Right, and nobody talks about it if there's not illegal aliens involved. Right, their position is, well, if it weren't for them coming here, then these things wouldn't have happened. Right, as though right, uh, as though crimes would not be committed unless people, um, illegal aliens came in. Exactly. Tim, thanks for your call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. It's absolutely absurd, and they're trying to paint all of them with that same brush, as though because... A few of the people that have come to this country are criminals, are violent, um, dangerous people, as though uh, because a handful of them are that way, that they all must be from cut from the same cloth. I mean, how is that? That's that belies a little bit of racism to me. That belies a serious bias and just a, an intellectually that they're dishonest... somehow genetically inferior to white people. Yeah, they're or they're more predisposed to crime because they crossed without filling out paperwork. Are you kidding me? See, that always seems like the cop-out to me. Oh, well, I don't have any problem with immigrants. Only with illegal immigrants. Yeah, and they they always have to hit it hard when they say the word. We've shown (laughs) time and time again that it it doesn't really seem to matter to the, uh, uh, the ice guys. You know, they just go in and sweep up everybody that looks Mexican. That's right. They sure do. And... I bet if there are Polish immigrants at the, uh, you know, like, let's say they raid another factory in the Northeast where there's not as many um, Mexicans in comparison to other people immigrating from elsewhere, mm-hmm. and there's Polish immigrants at the same factory that happen to be illegal, I bet they won't even get checked. They probably won't even check their ID. They probably wouldn't simply because they wouldn't, uh, you know, they wouldn't know to check. They would right. be looking, you know, what, what they're looking for. They're looking for illegal Mexicans, and they're finding illegal Mexicans. I wonder what percentage of illegal illegal aliens in this country are Irish, English, uh, Polish, and people just don't even think about them. I don't. I don't know what the percentage is, but I can say personally that I've met an Irish illegal immigrant. I'm sure there's plenty of them. I'm just curious. Nobody I ever talks about them. I personally met a German who was uh, here on a um, traveling visa, but he needed, you know, he was basically traveling and working around the world, and he needed a job while he was here. So I got him a job um, with a friend of mine, and so that's aiding and abetting, boy. Fine. There's going to be a new me. criminal charge for that. Come I'm throw your ass me. in a prison cell trying yeah. to help out them illegals. What the hell's wrong with you, son? <laughs> See, so you that's... don't like our culture, do you? <laughs> what? Because I want more Germans here to make that's bratwurst That's right. We'll bring stuff. them krauts in here. <laughs> They're darn crowdiness. <laughs> Wanting to get our jobs and stuff. 800-259-9231. Don't you love how their uh, their voices just... Just you could just hear them dripping with hatred when they utter the word illegal. It just seems to be how that's how I hear it. I you know I I know that that there are many that say otherwise that that's not what they um, feel that they only dislike the illegal that they dislike the illegals and that kind of thing. But if if that's true, if, the, if I that's hear really bigotry true, when I um, when I hear the, the them talk, well they're they're bigoted in favor of the law. Whatever the law says is what they think is right. And that's the really the biggest. I mean, beyond the racism, that's the biggest problem that right. people have. And it's it's really you know they'll they'll call out a bad. Generally, they'll call out a bad law when there's when they see a bad law. But they like this law. Yeah. They like this discriminatory law. Predicting our culture and our jobs. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring it whatever you want, toll free. Uh, speaking of crossing borders, Mark Emery may be forced to cross the Canadian border. And uh, as he's extradited, possibly into the United States on marijuana charges, we'll tell you about it coming up. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, including the archives, an entire year's worth of the show, right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. Dot com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own and talk with New Hampshire natives and those who have made the move. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. It is the 420 edition of Free Talk Live here on... Uh, Was there something finally. wrong with the plumbing? Excuse, uh, just, I haven't used the bong hit uh, sound effect in a long time. so Probably not since last 420. Finally have an excuse to do it again here. Uh, we got some marijuana news, as a matter of fact. And when I first saw this news, I thought, oh, this can't be, a, this isn't a real website. I thought that uh, was satire or something like that. But then I did a Google search to double verify it, and uh, Forbes.com reporting from Health Day News. While smoking marijuana is never good for the lungs, as it turns out, the active ingredient in pot might just help fight lung cancer. Yeah, now, that's what—that's the strange part of this I didn't understand. Wait a minute. It helps fight lung cancer, but it's not good for your lungs? Well, they're just saying that putting smoke in your lungs Isn't can't good. possibly be good. No, it can't be good. And, and I would agree. I, I can't imagine that it would be good to inhale carbon monoxide-based products into your lungs. Certainly doesn't feel good when you inhale a lot of it. No, no, that's for sure. Um, but nonetheless, this, uh, and we'll get to the details here, but this may point out why it is that all the studies have shown uh, that they've done over the, the past several decades that no one has ever really been found to have developed lung cancer and been a marijuana smoker. Now, okay, there are some people that smoke marijuana that, that have also gotten, smoked cigarettes, yeah. and they've gotten lung cancer. Sure. But nobody who is just a marijuana smoker... cigarettes will give you lung cancer. Right. No <laughs> one who has ever smoked marijuana, and that's it, has ever come down with lung cancer. You know, and maybe this is why. I, I also I went in to uh, get that laser treatment that makes you quit uh, smoking, mm. because I smoke cigars, and, and I swear I'm addicted to the darn things. The when ladies, did you do this? Um, it's been a year and a half. Didn't work, huh? Well, I didn't get, I didn't get it. The, oh. they, the ladies like, oh, you smoke cigars? Well, they don't. They aren't treated with the same chemicals that cigarettes are. You're not nearly as likely work. to get lung cancer from smoking uh, a cigar really? as you would from uh, smoking cigarettes. I've because heard of that the, before. The chemical, you know, there's 300 or something chemicals in cigarettes, carcinogenic, or huh. I don't know. I don't know what the statistics are. Some number like that. Well, Harvard University researchers have found that in both laboratory and mouse studies, Delta, excuse me, Delta tetrahydrocannabinol (THC), which is the active ingredient, the stuff that gets you high, that is, cuts tumor growth in half in common lung cancer while impeding the cancer's ability to spread. It actually uh, fights lung cancer. The compound, quote, seems to have a suppressive effect on certain lines of cancer cells. Now, I don't know if this particular story will uh, will talk about it. But as it turns out, you actually have, okay, yeah, well, they mentioned uh, EGF receptor sites. You actually have receptor sites in your brain for cannabinoids. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But pot might really be, like, we might be designed to smoke pot. 
or consume pot, not or necessarily something. smoke it. Well, yeah. Um, there are different ways to uh, to consume it. You can actually eat it. You can cook with it. You can vaporize it, and you can smoke it. Injecting it, not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Injecting the... anything probably <laughs> right. isn't a good idea, with the exception of insulin or something like that. According to the researchers, THC fights lung cancer by curbing epidermal growth factor, or EGF a molecule that promotes the growth and spread of particularly aggressive, non-small cell lung cancers. It seems to go to EGF receptor sites on cells and actually inhibit growth, uh, said one of the researchers. The findings are preliminary, however, and other outside experts urged caution. Dr. Norman Edelman, the chief medical officer at the American Lung Association, says it's an interesting laboratory study, but you have to have enough additional animal studies to make sure the effect is reproducible and to make sure that there are no overt toxic effects. It's a little more than tantalizing because it's a compound that we know has been in humans and has not caused major problems. That's certainly a fact. No one's ever died as a result of smoking marijuana. The findings were to be presented at the American Association for Cancer Research. Lung cancer is the number one cancer killer in the world. Lung tumors that overproduce the EGF receptor tend to be extra aggressive and therefore don't respond well to chemotherapy. Chemo's not working? Pick up the bong. THC is the main active ingredient of cannabis sativa, marijuana. It has been shown to inhibit tumor growth and cancer, but specific information on its action against lung cancer has so far been limited. In the new study, the researchers first showed that two different lung cancer lines, as well as samples from patient lung tumors, produced the cannabinoid receptor, uh, receptors CB1 and CB2. Endocannabinoids, cannabinoids that are produced naturally in the body, are thought to have an effect on pain, anxiety, and inflammation when they bind to cannabinoid receptors. That might have something to do with why there are certain people out there who claim, uh, who claim that they get pain relief from consuming marijuana. In fact, I, I can't see why they wouldn't. Well, I think Julia's one of those people. Yeah, I have a really weird, weak stomach, and sometimes smoking marijuana, or I don't smoke anymore, but taking marijuana is the only thing that will help calm my stomach down. Headaches, all kinds of things. Next, the researchers injected standard doses of THC into mice implanted with human lung cancer cells. After three weeks of treatment, tumors shrank by about 50% in animals treated with THC compared to those in the control group. The findings might shed uh, light on a question that's been puzzling Horowitz. Why hasn't there been a spike in lung cancer in the generation that smoked a lot of marijuana in the 1960s? He says, I find it fascinating, wondering if the reasons we're not seeing this spike is that THC inhibits lung cancer cells. It'd be very ironic, although you certainly wouldn't tell somebody who smoked cigarettes to add marijuana. A second set of findings presented at the uh, cancer place suggested that a viral-based gene therapy could target both primary and distant tumors while ignoring healthy cells. When injected into 15 mice with this prostate cancer, the smart bomb therapy eliminated all signs of cancer. So some pretty positive things going on uh, in the, the world of cancer research. And marijuana may have a lot to do with it. I think that's what excites you the most. Well, it, uh, well I get excited when <laughs> do you I think hear... It would have made, do you think it would have made yeah. air if it just happened to be cancer research? Well, what's Probably exciting not. about it is your whole <laughs> life you've been told that you shouldn't smoke marijuana. So when you hear stuff like this, and, 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 and I hear dark, it over... And a, good, and a good portion of his life he has been. <laughs> I've, I've heard this over and over and over again on this show. You know what I mean? We You constantly read articles like this. And to me, if this was legalized and people could actually do extensive research, I think that the results would be amazing as far as what marijuana could do. I'd like to know what marijuana could really do. 
Right, because um, right now the DEA um, pretty much doesn't approve most studies on marijuana in this country. A lot of a lot of marijuana studies have to be done outside of the United States. And so were marijuana to be re-legalized, for lack of a better term, then all of those studies could commence. Uh, the different universities around the country could uh, do whatever sort of studies they wanted to on pot, and we'd find out all sorts of interesting things. Maybe we'd find out that it's bad in some way. So this really flies in the face of the anti-pot people. It sure does. And uh, and the fact is, they don't actually really have any evidence on their sides. The, no, the, just the, the dare class. Right, facts, and that's just propaganda. Facts. That's just uh, yeah. Those are just claims. Oh, you're going to grow breasts if you smoke marijuana. Not true. In fact, the first uh, the first pot book that I uh, that I read back when I was, it's probably almost been a decade now, it's called Marijuana Myths, Marijuana Facts. And it's a, it's a brilliant book. I'm sure you can get it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. But they go down the 20 most popular marijuana myths that the government's been propagating for the past several decades. And they just, they just eviscerate them. With I, evidence, citations, science. I and heard it's an ONDC, ONDCP commercial where they accuse uh, drug dealers of telling lies to your kids, and I'm like, oh yeah, like the ONDCP is <laughs> telling your kids lies and taking your tax money to do it. At least the drug dealers leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> they're not taking your money. Well, they're taking it voluntarily. Well, they're, they're selling people right. things. That's not taking right. money. That's accepting money. Correct. For services Entirely and different. products. <laughs> uh, let's go to Sean in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Sean. Oh. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh. Hey, uh, I want to talk about why marijuana should be legalized. We'll talk about it in a moment. Hang on. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Criminals not going to get everywhere. a lot of opposition on this one. Uh, if you are a drug warrior and you're listening to the show, please call in. 800-259-9231. 9231 is the toll-free number. It is the 420 edition of Free Talk Live. Still to come, we'll uh, hopefully get to talk about the entomology of 420, where it comes from, what it means, and all that good stuff. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features for free. We do ask, though, that you voluntarily support Free Talk Live by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. You like the show. You like what we're doing here on Free Talk Live, spreading the message of freedom and liberty. Well, you can help us do it on a voluntary basis by going to amp.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And you'll find that all we're asking for, and we're just asking you, is uh, for a contribution of three bucks a month. Well, it's not a contribution. You get it's it's a membership sort of. You not, get not really. I mean, you get a few really. perks. A first few and foremost, perks. first and foremost, it's to to help free talk other, live. I I would totally agree. It helps free talk live. But you're, you're selling, contributing to our success. You're selling a membership, and you're promising to use the profits only for certain things. You That's know, true. all the proceeds go towards advertising, marketing, promoting Free Talk Live. We give you, you know, the other radio show hosts, what do they sell you their uh, their archives and their live stream and all that other stuff for? Eight bucks a month? Seven bucks. Six bucks yeah. a month? Something like that. Well, we give you um, a, a bunch of bonuses, which is uh, the amplifier telephone, lines, telephone room, line. room, forum, and that's about it. I guess there's maybe something else, but there's one more, but I don't remember what it is yeah. offhand. But anyway, the amplifiers get some benefits. Oh, they there's do. A, there's the uh, the there's the um, BBS. You just fit the amplifier tag on your BBS name. That's nice. So everyone knows it. 
All right, so head over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about how we're spending the money. We're buying uh, industry advertisements to promote the show to more radio stations. We've got a lot going on. It's pretty exciting. It's working well, and we could use your help. Amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Sean in North Carolina. You're back on Free Talk Live. Hey, Sean. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, so what's on your mind? I just want to start off by saying that I just did that donation thing. I just joined. Oh, fantastic. I'll uh, I'll probably be processing them tomorrow, so patience, and uh, we'll get you all upgraded. So... What, uh, uh, I just what love else? the show and I love listening and uh, I just I had to join. Good deal. You know? Good deal. Yeah. So um, I want to go back to what I was talking about legalizing marijuana. Yes. I don't really think it does any bad. It may make you uh, a little calm and stuff, but well, I heard you guys like mudkips. What is that? <laughs> mudkips? Is that like a fish? Heard of that? No, I don't know. Mark Mark's laughing. <laughs> it's I don't have any idea what he's talking about, but I know it can't be good. You don't like mudkips? No, 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 it's not bad. Trust me. It is not bad. Mud- you can look can it up you, on Google. Can you spell it? Do whatever it? you want. It's not bad. Spell it. I, I so just, I can... I, it's, it's, part, it's all related. Is it, is it M-U-D-K-I-S-S or mudkips? Which, uh, how do you spell it? Kips. K-I-P-S? Yep. Mark, can no, you check K-I-P-Z, it? actually. K-I-P-Z. All right. Now, but you won't tell us what it is. You're being very reticent. Yeah. yeah. I want you guys to see it for yourself. It's not actually anything bad, trust me. You'll right. see it for yourself. But, um... I just want to continue by talking about this. All righty. Did you call that one, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, okay. What the hell? Somebody's talking about mudkips. You don't think it's a prank call? Well, I, I figured it was. Just... You can. You reckon? I recognize their voices now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you look it up, Mark? Um, mudkips. K I P Z. I think it's a misspelling of something. Hmm. How sad that I bet kids it's don't have those... anything better to do on oh, a Friday night. I think it's. Oh, it's it's this. Uh, it's part of that whole uh, kick, uh, you know online kids speak. The four chan because... thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that stuff means. You know what the, I can usually read what they're saying. But, right. Yeah. What did you wiki it? Did you wiki it? No, I just googled it. Right. See, so I guess there's these. Uh, there's, there's essentially we've been. It's been suggested that the, the guys that are calling the show and and making that silly noise at the end of their calls. What does that mean anyway? <laughs> That's just it. There's there's some sort of like in in joke basically. Uh, it, I don't know what it. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure someone out there will do the research and maybe maybe even infiltrate their little uh, online gang, um, so we can figure out exactly what it is. Because it's just not funny. No, their calls are terrible. <laughs> Mudkips sounds kind of funny. That sounds like it could be sort of funny. <laughs> like, there might be something too. I'd like to know what that is. Uh, anyway, let's go to Liam in Sweden. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Julian. Hold on, just a second. Oh, wait. Uh, the definition from UrbanDictionary.com uh, okay. took me a second. Um, Mudkips started a long time ago in a galaxy far away, aka the GD. People came out with Mudkip porno, so then everything started going. Well, that clears it up. Song. <laughs> so I heard you like Mudkips. Mudkips is a Pokemon released in Pokemon Fire, Red Leaf, Green for GBA. This it's, is for the GD. It's a Pokemon. A tribute to y'all from Ms. Majority. So I heard you like Mudkips. Mud Kips. So I think it's, it's some a song. Of... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a song that would have been written by one of the computer geek guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like by it. By the way, if you go to, to this 4chan website, it's uh, it's interesting. Not even not in a good way what either. What is it? 4chan, 4chan.org? Is that what it is? I don't know. If you go to Wikipedia and look up 4chan, it explains what it is the best that I, I saw. And it's kind of confusing. It's basically just some sort of a really it's a, poorly put together message yes. board system. It's an awful message board system where a bunch of people post a lot of uh, anime porn. Yeah. Basically it's, is what it is. It's a bunch of 13-year-old <laughs> boys sitting around with yeah. nothing better to do on a Friday night. You'll be very uh, you'll be very disturbed if you go to uh, 4CHAN, <laughs> yeah. number 4CHAN, 
org. Here is the uh, Mudkip's definition from Encyclopedia Dramatica, which is like a website devoted to these people, a website about all the little sort of internet, I guess, the, the, the concepts and things that they come up with. Oh, that, yeah, here's an entire page about Mudkip's. In fact, they show the Mudkip's. It's this little blue beast, this little blue Pokemon beast. So we'll see if we can do a little bit more research to try to understand. Okay, well, try um, to wrap our minds. Perhaps it goes. Uh, when I when I was in high school, it, for some reason or another, there was a, a brief period of time where it was okay to it was fun to say everything was Smurfin', because when we were a little younger, um, you know, Smurfs were cool. So I don't know if you uh, realize this, but Smurfs described everything as being Smurfin'. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So. I don't know. There was a brief period of time when I was in high school that it was you're sort of re- referencing good memories of your youth. I don't, I don't know. Just a guess. Got it. Uh, it says here, so you claim to like mudkips. Well, then, you are an unholy anime fag with a penchant for that fag out of Pokemon's, can't say that word, but it, that's fine, really, to each his own. Spawn from a deviant art comment inviting someone to their Pokemon group. The comment basically used the person's apparent like of Mudkips, which is, again, a Pokemon, uh, to perhaps entice the user to join the group. Whether or not said person actually joined is unknown. It eventually spawned a very popular piece of copy pasta. Again, so many terms that I just don't, you know. I'm not yeah, the four chan thing is just really weird. Yeah, there was a lot of insider stuff on four chan's uh, channel B, telling a story about someone at school asking, "So I heard you like mudkips?" To some retard who screams back, "I love mudkips." This resulted in the retard dry humping a mudkips doll in the school hallways. So, I mean, there's just nothing here. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's a completely... I'll tell you, whoever that guy is managed to, to get us off on a subject, though. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a graphic here of a swastika made out of mudkips. I mean... Uh, well, I just got some really awful mudkip porn I, I am to me. It included uh, some mudkip fisting. Yeah, so, I see some mudkip really porn sorry here, too. I got that. This is wrong. <laughs> it's all wrong. Apparently, Stephen Colbert has referenced the Mudkips on his show I on see. Comedy Central. Huh. So there you go. Now you know more about that than you ever wanted to. So uh, let's go to Liam in Sweden. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Liam. Hi. Uh, you guys were talking earlier about immigration and uh, kind of made a joke about how they would never check uh, the status of any Polish people, uh, which made me want to call in because... There's a lot of illegal immigrants from Poland here in Sweden. Really? And uh, I really like them because they provide a lot of agorist services. Like which, drugs. Which uh, ties into what you were talking about the other day. Right. Agorist, uh, can you define what an agorist service is for those who don't know? Uh, well, it's kind of providing something on the black market, the gray market, uh, selling something without paying taxes, that sort of thing. Right, uh, just conducting business without os- uh, without asking the government's permission. If that's what you're doing, whether it's whether it's gray market or whatever, if you're just doing it without permission, you are an uh, you are an agorist. You are participating in agorism. Right, uh, and here in Sweden we have a lot of that, uh, mainly because of our high taxes and a lot of regulations on every kind of aspect of business. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people who do that are Polish people. I buy cigarettes from Polish people on the black market. Hmm. I buy uh, alcohol from Polish people on the black market. I go to a a black market club, which is run by Polish people. Really? Now, how does it operate? I mean, how do they – is it like in a warehouse in an industrial district, or how do they operate without scrutiny? 
Uh, pretty much that's what it is. Huh. Uh, Swedish law, you can operate a club if you don't make a profit and it's for members only, then you can operate a private members club. And there's no real way of checking if one of these clubs is really making a profit. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's not really any way of checking if the people who are in the club are actually members. Because it's private. So it's a bit of a gray area. Interesting. Very cool. So the Polish people are the black market purveyors in Sweden. Yeah, they're one of the biggest groups that provide black market services. Good you can actually know. get dental service from uh, Polish <laughs> wow. people in Sweden. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Liam. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Black market dentists. I guess that's what happens when socialism takes over. When the government is uh, providing dental care, black market dental uh, dentists show up. More on the way. Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll free as we launch into our number three. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. The number is 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Rolling right into the phone calls. Uh, let's go to, let's see, did we, oh, Kevin in Minnesota has been waiting patiently. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kevin. Hello, how are you guys doing this evening? Great, what's on your mind? I uh, just wanted to say congratulations for being one of the most important 250 talk shows on the air. Oh, well, gosh, thanks very much. Talkers Magazine has uh, named us as one of the top 250 for a second year in a row, so that's good. Yeah, I've been listening for a while. It's been a, uh, it's been a while, though. I apologize for not listening, but today on this wonderful 420, I thought I'd give a call. I created a nonprofit organization called Cannabis Resolution. Okay. And one thing that I do agree with the whole, especially compassionate use with uh, medicinal cannabis, but one thing that we tend to always overlook is the 600 or the 60,000 other benefits that can be brought up upon this earth from legalization of industrial cannabis. Yeah, you're referring to, uh, to hemp. Well, and this is the biggest challenge that I have with the slippery slope of hemp and marijuana because conceivably they're both the same plant, the sativa plant. That's correct. And, and by keep fighting back and forth of whether it's hemp or whether it's marijuana, we keep uh, dodging the issue that the benefits of the cannabis sativa plant is astronomical. Yeah, we had uh, Dave in Montana call in last week and just sort of run down the laundry list of the different things that uh, that hemp can be used for, the different products that uh, that can be made from hemp, everything from paper to paint uh, to clothing. I mean, it's just all over the map. Shampoo. I mean, there's you can make so many different things from it. Um, but I mean, paper alone is a tremendous industry. And it results in, you know, the, the industry's fine. They're doing okay planting the trees that they need to plant to uh, to make the paper. But the fact is, using hemp plants would be a lot cheaper. Uh, you'd have you'd be able to harvest much faster, and that could really do uh, do some really good things for the paper. Well, even now that they're talking about the whole ethanol and the methanol being the big uh, the big scream lately, 
you would actually get more yield per acre from the cannabis plant than you would from the soybean or the corn, not, not excluding the cost that to grow soybean or corn, you have to use pesticides and herbicides. Where, oh, wait, are you talking the, about an oil? I'm sorry, I missed what, which product? The gasoline. Oh, gasoline. You the can make gas from ethanol? Yes. That you don't have to use any pesticides or herbicides, which usually are petroleum-based anyway, I see. to grow the plant. Huh. So you're saving millions of dollars just in that factor alone. Not even to mention the fact that growing in a crop rotation, you will utilize a field that's been uh, gone through a crop rotation with cannabis because it would destroy practically every weed in the acreage that's planted. So then the next season you could grow your other vegetables. You know, it's amazing to me that obviously the hemp plant, uh, if it were legal, again, would be able to create all these different products um, that you're talking about. And uh, that would threaten some existing established industries. Oh, definitely. Though, though I don't understand why one company doesn't come forward and really advocate for hemp in the in- with the intention of utilizing it for its products once right. uh, once well, it were legalized. Why doesn't someone pick up you know pick up the ball and uh, be a be a public advocate for this? Are they just well, North cowardly? Dakota, North Dakota right now is actually people are putting in permits with the DEA to try to establish growing hemp but they have such ungodly rules when it comes to what the conditions have to be. They have to have an eight-foot fence around their field. They have to have security up the wazoo. Which is retarded because nobody wants to steal hemp plants. Right. Well, the, the thing that's also funny is that the DEA, they say they can't distinguish the difference between a medicinal cannabis plant and an industrial cannabis plant. Really? Yet they're able to distinguish the difference between cookie poppy seeds and opium poppy seeds. Yeah, isn't the difference uh, the that the industrial plants aren't flowered? Well, the the difference is that um, when you're using a medicinal or marijuana, and I hate doing the marijuana hemp thing, mm-hmm. but if you you're growing medicinally, you have to grow the plant in such that the plant grows robustly, where it's not next to each other. You need like a three foot radius around it, so the the plant can actually bloom and flower in that. With the industrial cannabis, it's grown six to eight inches apart where it doesn't matter if it seeds or not. It's just, you're just growing it for the fact of it growing. Right. And thus the, the seeds can be used for many different things and the entire plant can be used for a substantial different amount of, of product. Well, Kevin, I, uh, I appreciate the call and hopefully maybe here in the free state in New Hampshire we'll be seeing some positive hemp legislation sometime soon. I know, it, I know it's introduced on a pretty much yearly basis and hopefully we'll get some uh, pro-liberty people elected and we can make something happen here. Could I uh, give a plug for my nonprofit? Yeah, sure. What is it's it? It's called CannabisResolution.com. Very good. Thanks for the call, guys- Kevin. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. There you go. I, I, I've heard of them somewhere before. I don't know where. It just strikes a, rings a bell. I don't know either. But coming up, uh, we'll talk about uh, Mark Emery, who is a major advocate of uh, the legalization or re-legalization of marijuana. We've had him on the show before. We'll give you an update on his status here in a few moments. But let's go to a different Liam. This one's in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Liam. Oh, Liam on the Amplifier hey, Let's try you now. Hey, hey there. How's it going? Going good. Cool, cool. Uh, I called because I wanted to talk about the fair tax thing. Okay. Um, okay. You guys have probably heard of it, right? Yeah, we've actually been I, uh, discussing it over the past couple nights. 
Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay, I haven't been listening over the last couple of nights. And it uh, shows. Go ahead. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> a little mean there. <laughs> I'm a little mean. Um, well, hey, if you guys can get on in Indianapolis five nights a week, I'll listen to you every night. Awesome. I promise. Well, you'll I have promise. to call. You'll have to call the new program director there at WXNT. There's a new guy in charge. I haven't even talked to him yet, so uh, you should give oh, him a call yeah. and get, call him the, and tell him thanks. Him, hmm? I left him a message in the old one, I guess, a while back, but he never responded. Of course but he didn't. Anyway, busy. I don't know much about the fair tax thing, and I was reading this card, and it was put out by like fairtaxorg.com or .org or something, and it told all the benefits of the fair tax thing, and I was like, I'd like to hear what you guys think about it because I don't know anything about it pretty much, and I'd like to. So it's, it's we have <laughs> two main complaints with the fair tax. Okay, go ahead. I'll let Ian go first. Well, my main okay. um, one of my issues is that it's uh, it creates a welfare program for every single American. Um, in that they have this thing that they call the prebate, and they're essentially uh, what they're doing is they're sending out checks of a certain amount to every single American household with the uh, the intention that well this is supposed to help poor people pay this 30 percent uh, sales tax or 25 percent sales tax so we're just going to hand out government money to people uh, to every single household uh, that's a problem um, number one definitely. number two is a lot of the fair tax advocates believe that the fair tax will come to uh, come to fruition with the abolishment of the 16th amendment which it's just not going to happen that right. way well they 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 claim that they uh, getting rid of the 16th Amendment as part of the bill, but once the bill's passed, there's no guarantee that the 16th Amendment's going to be done away Nor with. Nor is there a guarantee that the IRS will be done away with as well. Yeah. And, in fact, what I would recommend that you do is well, go well, to... Well, what my concern is, is um, in uh, this whole thing, is not only will we have a national sales tax of 30 cents a buck, yeah. but you'll also have a, um, an, a national income tax that'll just come back, and pretty soon we'll yeah. be paying both. Right. They'll start it on the rich, and then it'll, it'll expand just like it originally yeah. did when they created it. Here's what I recommend you do, Liam. Uh, there's an excellent uh, paper on Mises.org. I don't know what it's called, but if you search for fair okay. tax... You'll find it, okay. and it rebuts point by point all of the claims that the fair tax people make. It's amazing. Thank you awesome. for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And also, Liam mentioning his local radio station. He happens to live in an area where Free Talk Live is on the air. If you don't have One Free Talk Live in your area, then just call uh, call up your local talk station. Ask to talk to the program director. If you don't get him on the phone, they leave do want to hear from you. Leave him a message or her and let them know that you'd really like to hear Free Talk Live on their radio station. It's not going to change the programming tomorrow, but down the line, it might work. All right, 800-259-9231. The latest on Mark Emery on the way, and if we get a chance, we'll uh, go over the entomology of 420, because, well, this is the 420 edition of Free Talk Live. And as always, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The Free Talk Live wiki is there. Over 1,200 pages created by listeners just like you. It's the listener-editable version of our website. I think you'll like it. It's free, of course. Wiki. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. April's Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy. Be they son, daughter, or sibling, A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. 
School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 800-657-5066. Our number is 800-259-9231. We're talking about marijuana. It is, of course... The 420 edition of Free Talk Live, 420 being the marijuana holiday, in case you didn't know. It's also known as the time of day when many marijuana smokers will partake of their favorite plant. Um, I personally don't do that, but uh, uh, there are a lot of people that are celebrating today. Darn early to get inebriated to me. 420? I think it's more of a younger person's thing. When I was 16, I used to do it because my parents would come home at 5 o'clock. At that time? Yeah, so my parents would come home at 5 o'clock, and I'd be able to do it without them knowing before they came home. Yeah, if you've got responsibilities, you really probably shouldn't be participating in that. I don't have time for that anymore. Uh, But nonetheless, I've got an update here for you in a few moments on uh, Mark Emery, our friend uh, who we had on the show about, it's been over a year, so we really should have him back. But he is being prosecuted or persecuted by the United States government. Um, He lives in Canada, and they're trying to get him out of Canada. They're trying to extradite him. And uh, and so we'll give you the update on his story. He's still in Canada for the moment. Let's go to Jim in Kansas in the meantime. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Jim in Kansas. Jim going once. Jim in Kansas going twice. Well, let's try them later. All right, so anyway, um, to IPS, the Interpress Service News Agency in Vancouver, Canadian Mark Emery, an evangelical advocate of legalizing marijuana, is to face a high-profile hearing next month on whether he should be extradited to the United States to face charges stemming from his lucrative Internet-based marijuana seed business. The case in the May 28th hearing in particular highlights the incongruity of Canadian and U.S. drug legislation. <coughs> the rel- <coughs> relatively <right>, liberal... <laughs> The relatively liberal drug laws of their northern neighbor have regularly irritated U.S. authorities. In the Vapor Lounge, also known as the People's Lounge of the British Columbia Marijuana Party, in a cannabis culture store on Hastings Street in Vancouver, Emery is watching his hometown team play the Dallas Stars in the first round of professional ice hockey Stanley Cup playoffs when he sits down with the IPS. There are about a dozen people hanging out and smoking up. I am offered some BC hash, but politely declined. The Canucks are up by two goals in the third period. The air is electric and everyone breathes together between the pauses of the hockey announcer. The number on the Canucks hockey jersey he is wearing is 420, referring to April 20th, the date of the annual marijuana legalization rally. Mark expects 7,000 people at the Vancouver Art Gallery today. So this was supposed to happen, uh, I don't know what time zone Vancouver's in. Is that West Coast? Is that the West? Yes. Canada? Yeah. Okay, so that's probably it's happening NBC. right now. I, I read earlier that it's supposed to be 4 o'clock something in the afternoon, um, so probably just got over with. They were expecting thousands of people at the art gallery to be smoking marijuana in full public view as a protest against drug prohibition laws this week. We need more of that in the, in, in the United States. Well, it's my understanding they were doing the same thing in Ann Arbor today, too. Really? Um, yeah, the, t- the tickets in, in Ann Arbor are very, very low for smoking marijuana, so... Great. I think it's the first offense is $25, the second one's 50 I don't know the facts. I'd love to know how that turned out. We need more of that. Known as the Prince of Pot or the King of Cannabis, the self-described libertarian's modus operandi has been to publicly and unapologetically lampoon proponents of the zero-tolerance drug war. If he is a Canadian Tony Montana, you know, the guy from Scarface, mm-hmm. he certainly carries no weapons and has no security detail and is as affable as the local bartender in an age of media spectacle. He's a genius of the satirical gesture. 
DEA, says Emery, DEA agents watched too many episodes of Miami Vice when they were young. Much of the profit from Emery's business empire have been used to fund pro-legalization activities, such as publishing Cannabis Culture magazine, founding the Hemp BC Legal Assistance Center, the Little Grow Store, the Cannabis Cafe, and initiating Pot TV, an internet-based television program. See, unlike most drug lords, and you'll hear the DEA's comments here on him in a moment, they're labeling him as a drug lord. Most drug lords, you know, they pour their money into flashy cars and weapons and He, uh, he rents violence. an apartment, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because he, he just rolls all of his profits into his activism, mm. which is awesome. All of these businesses were operating under full public view of Canadian authorities as legal entities or gray zones that weren't enforced, despite Emery's 11 marijuana-related convictions. But it would be unfair to simply characterize Emery as just some shady B.C. drug dealer. He's a tireless and charismatic civil liberties activist, a marijuana legalization troubadour, and head of the Marijuana Party, which garnered 3.2% of the popular vote in the 2001 British Columbia provincial election. It's, it's better than the Libertarian Party can probably claim. <laughs> Emery quit high school after run-ins with teachers and went in to open his own bookstore in London, Ontario at the age of 17. From this outpost, he led dozens of freedom crusades, including campaigns against Sunday uh, store closure laws in defense of hate literature, pornography, and his right to sell sexually explicit music by the group Two Live Crew. He ran a 23-day, this is, I love this, he ran a 23-day emergency garbage service during a civic strike, drawing the ire of labor unions. I want to ask him more about that when we talk to him again. Man, he's... Sounds like he's busy. During the 2001 B.C. provincial election, as one of the leaders of the Marijuana Party, he rented out a campaign bus. Uh, I'm going to skip that part. When I asked his opinion about George Bush's foreign policy and his approach to the drug war, Emery says, If I met him, I would wring that bastard's neck. Canada is becoming a vassal state. And I understand his concern because essentially what's going on is that the, uh, the United States authorities are demanding that Canada bow to their will. They're demanding that Canada participate in extraditing Mark Emery to the United States. I hope Canada does not give in to that. And Canada it's, is their own country. Yeah, they that's should an be. insult to their sovereignty. Hopefully they will protect their citizen in this particular case. Though Emery's been selling marijuana seeds for close to a decade, he's never been convicted of it in Canada. His magazine is sent to all of the members of the Canadian Parliament, which, by the way, is cannabis culture. And his latest issue is being sent to every member of the U.S. House of Representatives. As he takes me downstairs to his headquarters in the basement, he shows me the en uh, envelopes addressed to the U.S. politicians, introduces me to his wife, and shows me the latest issues of Cannabis Culture, on the cover of which has a photo montage of famous personalities from the music world, like Bob Marley, Willie Nelson, uh, as well as actors like Woody Harrelson and Tommy Chong, and even a U.S. presidential candidate, Standing in front of the U.S. House of Representatives, they are carrying signs that say, Bongs, not bombs, and a fake banner that says, Legalize it. There's a makeshift television studio in his basement for recording shows for pot.tv. He has his own television station on the Internet. The third period is over, the game headed into overtime. In an editorial for Cannabis Culture, Emery calls attention to outrageously long prison sentences, brutal law enforcement, and families torn apart. In 35 years of this war on cannabis and drugs, and it is mostly a war on pot, the prison population in the United States went from 196,000 in 1972 to a disgusting 2.3 million in 2005, a 12-fold increase in the short span of two generations. A little bit more about Mark and the latest on his case, and what the DEA has to say about him. 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. Also, in a quick update 
on our friend Loretta Nall, a marijuana activist down in Alabama, and what's happened with her charges. We'll get to that. Your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8 net toll-free line for you, one 800 259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, and that includes the updates. Uh, we will clue you in whenever there's something new to announce about the show if you get signed up for the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th to the 24th. At Porkfest, you will be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who have made the move and attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. 800-259-9231, the 420 edition of Free Talk Live, talking about Mark Emery. You may know him as the publisher of Cannabis Culture Magazine, the main competitor, basically, to High Times. We've had Mark on the show in the past, and uh, hopefully we'll have him on again. He's currently facing, still facing extradition to the United States on trumped-up charges of being a drug lord. We'll see what uh, Karen Tandy from the DEA has to say here in a moment, but uh, the Interpress Service News Agency is just kind of giving us an update. The 28th of May is going to be his hearing as to whether or not the Canadian government will be extraditing Mr. Emery to the United States. Former Vancouver mayor and now Senator Larry Campbell, seen as centrist with leftward leanings, told IPS in an interview, This whole trial is much ado about nothing. If Mark Emery is the worst criminal we've got in Vancouver that the U.S. is interested in going after, then I must say we've got to be doing pretty well. It seems to be a bit of an overreaction to get the full weight of the U.S. government bearing down on you for selling pot seeds. The DEA is like a paramilitary organization and then he adds, which is completely um, unnecessary, but he adds, when it's run by a right-wing government. As though the DEA is going to be less paramilitary with uh, a left-wing government in charge. I'm pretty sure that the DEA was pretty na- just as nasty as it is today when uh, Clinton was in charge. I think you're right about that. I mean, that. that's sort of what they do, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're nasty. Uh, Emery was arrested in Halifax, Nova Scotia in 2005 after a U.S. federal grand jury indicted him on charges of conspiracy to distribute marijuana seeds. Conspiracy to distribute marijuana and conspiracy to engage in money laundering. Conviction of any of those offenses could result in a minimum sentence of 10 years to a maximum of life in prison. Why didn't they charge him with actually distributing marijuana seeds? They love that word, conspiracy. Is it just they don't have evidence? Did he do it or not? I don't know. I mean, conspiracy charges are outrageous. They're essentially thought crimes, and, and Americans should be outraged that there is uh, there are such so-called crimes in, in America. At issue is not only the incompatibility of U.S. and Canadian drug laws, but the acquiescence of the RCMP, that's the Mounties, and the Canadian legal system in carrying out the arrest in coordination with the DEA and the U.S. legal system. Essentially, uh, the U.S. said jump, and the Canadian cops did. Well, who the hell are they? They're completely out of their jurisdiction. A statement released by DEA Administrator Karen Tandy following Emery's arrest said, quote, Emery and his organization had been designated as one of the Attorney General's most wanted international drug trafficking organizational targets. One of only 46 in the world and the only one from Canada. 
So there you go. So he's a international drug trafficking organizational target, according to the DEA. Well, that's that. You know, you'd think that there was uh, some violent criminal that uh, had gone across the Canadian border to hide out from the police at mm-hmm. some point in the recent his, uh, past. You know, within the last decade, because that's how long they've been bothering this guy. That they could go after instead of Mark Emery, a guy that. Selling Perhaps, seeds from you know, his basement. Maybe, maybe sold some seeds. They can't even seem to prove it. Right. Emery Otherwise, his, they should charge him with, at the very least, selling the seeds yeah. instead of conspiring to. Emery wrote in his magazine that the DEA even has a subscription to cannabis culture and that it was purchased with money orders on U.S. Department of Justice stationery. At the time of his arrest, Canada's Globe and Mail newspaper reported that Special Agent Rodney Benson of the DEA claimed that Emery had distributed millions of cannabis seeds to U.S. customers over the years, earning as much as $3 million annually. Benson told a Seattle news conference at the time, quote, I am pleased to announce that he is out of business as of today. His overblown arrogance and abuse of the rule of law will no longer be on display. Like other drugs, marijuana harms the innocents. <laughs> how, does, how does marijuana harm the innocent? Because I said does so. Does it come, up, come and run and run and kick them in the butt when they're not looking? U.S. officials <laughs> praised Canadian law enforcement for its outstanding cooperation in the drug bust, the only previous time Emery has spent time in jail for a marijuana-related charge was two months for passing a joint at a Saskatchewan pro-legalization rally. So there's the latest on Mark. He's facing, again, extradition next month, and hopefully we'll hear only good news about him and not the fact that he's going to be extradited to the United States where he will be facing some serious uh, jail time for doing nothing more than helping people get their hands on a few seeds. Isn't it sad? It, uh, yes, absolutely. I, it's, this insanity needs to end. Mark Emery is just one example of the th- hundreds of thousands of people who have been arrested here in the United States on marijuana charges. Over 700,000 people last year alone. These are people who have gone through the system. They have spent time in U.S. jails, many of them spending over a decade for growing or selling or even in some cases just possessing some marijuana and these are your friends and family members. Do you really think they're going to be better off in their lives after they get out of jail for five, ten years and they've got a record? Yeah. I mean, how easy is it to find a job once you're out, um, out and have a record? I can tell you, people will turn you down. It's tragic. I'm not saying it's going to happen to every every job and you got to just keep trying, but... You know, you can get turned down because you've got a record. There is a little bit of good news in the uh, marijuana, uh, I guess, the battle that is being fought uh, from the activists versus the, the evil people in uh, government that want to that wanna throw them in jail. We've got the latest on Loretta Nall here in moments. But back to the phone calls. Let's talk to Jim in Kansas. We're giving him one more shot here. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, now. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, you got through this time. Okay. Um, I wanted to call in about the uh, 4chan thing, the, uh, the the prank callers that have been calling in. Um, it's actually interesting. Um, there was, there's been some uh, some uh, things that actually turned up to be true as far as uh, what these guys are about. I don't know if you're familiar too much about who they are. Yeah, I've looked at the uh, I've looked at the Wikipedia entry. I've been to 4chan. I've poked around the uh, the website. They they come up with these sort of internet. I think they call them. Is it memes? Is that how you it's, pronounce they're it? They're like memes. I can't, I couldn't pronounce. I it. I believe it's maybe. memes. I'm not sure about that. I'll have to get the pronunciation some other time. But it, and essentially, it's just a like a funny, strange concept, like an internet only sort of concept that uh, is created just on a whim and somehow becomes it's, popular. 
It's an inside uh, joke right. that um, you know some people on the internet create, and then perhaps it gets a little more popular simply by the nature of the internet. Right, like the uh, he kids mentioned... have been making in, inside jokes um, with each other all the t- you know since they've been kids. Right, but now they can spread further than your school. Now they can spread worldwide via the internet, and so they've sort of collected up all these memes and uh, have uh, just essentially. I don't know. They, they in, in, integrated into their conversations. They integrated into their lives, and uh, some of them are some of them are fairly entertaining, uh, like the Raptor Jesus. I, I like the Raptor Jesus, but uh, the Mudkips I wasn't aware of. So, what about what? What did you have to say about it? Well, actually, um, the whole uh, 4chan, especially their uh, their subdivision, which is more like their infiltration group, the uh, Patriotic Negras, which has been attacking uh, Mike Laurie and my my estates uh, here in Second Life. Oh, by the way, I'm at the Gimme the Liberty Bar. Got to okay. Tempt that. Um, well, it turns out that this is actually a, um, a study on terrorism that's being conducted by Woodbury University. Uh, I think it's in what is it, Berkeley, California. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it's uh, funded by the uh, Department of Homeland Security. And what's interesting um, was that the Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech shooting, uh, the shooter got on hours before he went and shot and posted on the uh, 4chan board. You, you might be able to really? pull it up. I was actually uh, I got it from from uh, a different source, and it says, "Hey, B, I'm going to go kill everyone." At the V Tech today, in the name oh of Anonymous. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, one of the things when we went on the 4chan website, you don't have to create a name. You 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 don't have to log in to the website. It's that's completely correct. anonymous. Yes. Wow. Now that's confirmed. Huh. Was it absolutely? Uh, you, you sure it it was actually him, or could, could I, I mean anybody could have made that claim, right? It was before the attacks, though. It's time stamped. Well, uh, here, here, here's what's going on. There's a guy in Second World named MC. Uh, his gig, I guess his name is. Like I said, it's hard to pronounce a lot of these names. Um, and uh, he's actually a, uh, a professor at the uh, Woodbury University. And uh, I want to know more. Hang on, 800-259-9231. I want to know more about this in, this investigation into terrorism and how it turned and how it connects to 4chan. I missed that point. 800-259-9231, talking about, I guess, Internet geeks. More on the way. <laughs> this is your show, and I'm a geek, too, just not this guy. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on the site are totally free. We give them away to you for free, freetalklive.com. By the way, do we, oh, we do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier and uh, also becoming uh, and buying some stuff at our store. So head over to store.freetalklive.com to take a look at the new products we've got, including the very hot-selling Free Talk Live multi-gadget uh, and the uh, the new hoodies, the new beanie, the lighter combo, uh, the lighter bottle opener combo, and more, all for pre-order right now at store.freetalklive.com. As we continue with the calls here, uh, we had Jim in Kansas on the line. Jim uh, calling from the Gimme Liberty Bar in Second Life. You're back on Free Talk Live. Now, you're explaining to us the uh, the whole 4chan situation. Again, this is uh, 4chan.org is a website that is essentially d- populated by what I would t- what I would guess as younger teens. Uh, I would say just teens in general are probably the the heaviest users of 4chan and it's a it's an anonymous message board that you don't even have to sign up for an account to use. It's a, it's not really the most user-friendly of message boards. It's really boards. hard to understand. It, it, I just, 
disturbing photos that are posted there. Uh, there are different sort of channels on there, and some of them are uh, are really kind of sick. Uh, but nonetheless, these people create sort of internet inside jokes, and you say they've been invading your property on a Second Life. That's a whole other issue. But yeah. you mentioned that apparently the Virginia Tech shooter has allegedly allegedly before his shooting, posted on this 4chan website, essentially announcing his intentions, and this was a result of an investigation. What is this investigation about again? Okay, it's not, it's not an investigation. It's a uh, study that's being conducted by the uh, university of uh, uh, that university, and uh, what it, what it, what it is? It's a study on uh, on terrorism, and it's it's mostly the the, the patriotic negros that that's the study, and it's trying they're trying to determine what kind of mindset would join uh, a terrorist organization and wh- you know what exactly they would do if they were uh, in this terrorist organization and it's being funded it, it, it's being just just being funded by the uh, Department of Homeland Security hold on a second are you telling me that the patriotic negras mm. is 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 essentially a fake group that is supposed to attract people who are interested in terrorism um well, it's more virtual terrorism. Uh, they're not exactly, you know, bombing uh, anything. Um, I'm pretty sure that that the that the Virginia uh, Virginia Tech shooting was a, a just a bad, bad, uh, unintended consequence. Um, what what essentially they're trying to do is trying to see what kind of mindset would actually uh, join any kind of terrorist. Uh, it's it's just they're just it's a psychological study, if anything. But they created this this uh, this group that the 4chan people have essentially joined. Yeah. Well, it's not. I believe it's just the patriotic Negroes, but it may be the 4chan too. Um, it's hard you're, to you're, wait, wait. You're alleging that 4chan is a website operated by the federal government? No, no, no. The the patriotic Negroes, which is kind of like their infiltration group, which is a bunch of people who came off of the 4chan group and decided to come together and uh, uh, raid places like Second Life, uh, call in radio shows and harass them and. All kinds of other kind of uh, virtual ter- uh, virtual terrorism. And you're saying well. the government is behind the creation of this group? No, they're not. They're they're funding uh, they're funding a a study that that um, that a university is doing to to, to gather the information. The un- wait, who created the patriotic Negros? Was it just some kids on 4chan, or was it this university? That's what I don't it, understand. It's the university. It's not the government. <laughs> Do the, don't now these yeah. kids are pretty sharp. I mean, the kids that are on this 4chan, they're they know what they're doing when it comes oh, yeah. to the internet. I mean, how do they not not realize that they've been scammed by this university? How do they not figure this out? I mean, if you know it, why don't they know it, or do they? Um, How did you uh, find this out? <laughs> well, it, it's just the intel that we we actually work with a, a, a group of people on here, and uh, the pieces are actually coming together quite well on it. Uh, I have I have a piece of information on it. I have to dig through my inventory to find it all, but uh, essentially saying. Uh, uh, Admitting that uh, that one of the, the, lead, the leader admitting that he works for the university, um, the the uh, where their base is currently set up is on a sim- on a simulator, which is the area in sec- like an area in Second Life. Now the reason you have done all this digging is because in Second Life in the Gimme Liberty Bar, you've had invasions essentially. You've had what are basically digital terrorist attacks happening in in this uh, this computer simulation known as Second Life. Is that correct? Right. And how did you, I mean, I understand that you had these attacks take place where they go in and they try to disrupt things that are going on. They set off bombs uh, to try to crash people's uh, computers and that sort of thing. Uh, how did you determine who was behind this? 
Um, well, we have uh, intelligence agents. It's kind of funny. We have intelligence agents that are actually uh, they're working in and or around uh, the, this group that um, that's, that's doing this. Um, uh, yeah, the, it's the uh, Woodbury University simulator is where, is where their base is at right now. And um, You just happened to have people that were inside the group that came and reported to you? What I don't understand is well, how we, you made well, that connection, Jim. We infiltrated the group. But how did you know it was them to be infiltrated? How did you figure that out? Well, what exactly do you mean? <laughs> well, after you were attacked, I mean, how did you know who attacked you? How did you know what group to go and infiltrate? I mean, sure, certainly there are more than one group that... I don't understand how you made the connection to 4chan. Well, the uh, the, the 4chan uh, griefers are, are very, very obvious because they use a lot of the memes in their attacks. Like, I see. Uh, yeah, they'll, they'll use... So they'll uh, bomb you with mudkips, for instance, yeah, or something like that. Well, maybe, yeah, mudkips, uh, goatsy, uh, probably their, their favorite thing is the, uh, the, uh, the lemon party. Oh, goodness. Okay, <laughs> now uh, like all of our listeners that have never gone online for very long have no idea what and we're talking they're about. they're not missing anything. Yeah, don't, yeah, you don't, <laughs> don't want to look. Don't look at any of these pictures. Don't look they're for Goatsy. Don't look for Lemon Party. You will regret it. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call, and good luck with your uh, your continued investigation into these online terrorist so activities. He was That was kind of vague, right? What and, didn't you understand? No, it was kind of vague. It's not that I didn't understand what he was saying. It's it's just the facts. There there was a there was a dearth of facts involved in uh, in the claims and and explanations. And I feel like um, to some extent that was just a, an opportunity to come on the sa- um, the air and say Negroes over and over again. I no, thought it was, it was he, Negroes. He said Negra, which is I think related to Negroes. And I don't think Jim is on the inside of this particular group. Jim is one of the guys. As I understand it, that operates the Second Life uh, Gimme Liberty Bar. I, you know, that gave him credence in my mind, but I, I, I'm still skeptical. I was just skeptical. Let's continue with the calls. It's Jeremy in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I just wanted to talk about that uh, that guy that talked about mudkips. Yes, sir. Yes. Did you guys ever figure out what mudkips were? Yes, it's a, a uh, it's a Pokemon. It is a Pokemon character. Pokemon, and it happens to be my favorite Pokemon. Get out of here. What do you, I mean, can you imagine that? What's your second favorite Pokemon? Uh, uh, probably Charmander, going yeah. around that area. But no, but huh. seriously, the, hmm. I, I did some research. Yeah. And the Mudkip, like, when it's, when it has, uh, when it loses health points, its damage multiplier increases. Yeah. Times five. <laughs> yeah, good. You know, that was actually one of the better ones. Uh, you know, at least he didn't scream the little noise. Well, he didn't get a chance to, but uh, you know, not so bad. Yeah, at least it he... damage times five with the mudkips. Yeah. You needed to know that. Yeah, that's, that's important. You <laughs> learn. You learn. That's like the worst prank calls ever. <laughs> you learn something new every night. You know what they do is they get together on. The, you can hear the, them laughing. Right. Well, what they do is they get together on Skype. If they're not actually in the same room together, and it's doubtful that many of them are, <laughs> but they get together on Skype and they have this little Skype cast where they all can connect to one another, sort of like a, a party line, basically, mm-hmm. uh, where they can all talk to one another, listen to one another, and then they use Skype because Skype can dial out. To, uh, to phone lines, and they use Skype to actually make the outgoing call uh, to Free Talk Live. Anyway, uh, let's continue to Carol in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Carol. Hello. Uh, it just came over our local news that uh, the good uh, <laughs> Tom Ridge is going to head up the investigation down at the college here in Virginia. And what about it? Well, I, I'm just, why him? You know, I don't know. He's why a bureaucrat. Him? Well, They had to pick some bureaucrat. Well, he didn't do right by the people in my hometown, I'll tell you. What do you mean? And, and, 
Well, the, the water in my hometown is contaminated badly. In fact, our my whole county is the cancer capital of the nation. Do you, have to, do you when, have to boil the water to drink it or something? No, no. When he was governor, he uh, cleaned up this former Avtech site for $6 million. And, of course, I did extensive research. And the initial cost was $189.9 million to clean up. And he did it for six, six million. So we know okay. he didn't do anything here, you know? Hmm. And, and the beat goes on. Now, hold on. Do you, think that, do you think that the amount of money that the government spends on a project <laughs> is indicative of how, well, how, good, how good of a job they did? Well, well I, I, guess it, I guess if they spent $200, you know, the point of it is I, they push the little dirt around. Yeah, that's what they, they do. They do like to push dirt around. And I do think it it's like if, I, if you trust the gov- a government to clean something up anyway, you're going to yeah, be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed. Carol, thanks for the call. We're out of time. It's Vinny in here with you. And Julia. And Mark. All right. It's either uh, crank callers or people being poisoned. <laughs> Best show ever. I thought we were going to blame it on the Freemasons. More coming up tomorrow night. Join us for the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. We'll see you then. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.